0: We're here today with Jeffrey Henning, designer of City Blocks. Welcome to Design Diary, the podcast where you get to look inside my board game design notebook as well as what's going on inside my head. We look at a new word each day from the sense of mechanics, tone, theme, or inspiration for a full game. Today's word is permeable, capable of being permeated. Penetrable, especially having pores or openings that permit liquids or gases to pass through. So what do you got for this? Because I got nothing. (laughs) (laughs) This is a hard one.
1: Well, I, I had a couple ideas. So so sometimes I, th- I think of game designs uh, the way producers go high concept when they're like pitching a movie in, in terms of other movies. Yeah. So they'll they'll say, you know, it's Die Hard in the White House. <laughs> or, you know, it's Die Hard on a plane. Um, <laughs> I and, love that. Uh, so, so with some of my other designs, I've thought like, oh, it's SimCity meets Sudoku or it's Seven Wonders meets Flux. I like kind of weird That's really cool. positions. That's really cool. And uh, so for Permeable, um, I immediately thought of Custom Heroes because I just played it. And so I thought it's Custom Heroes meets Civ A New Dawn. So do you know Custom Heroes?
0: Yeah, I've seen it. I haven't played it, but I've seen it.
1: Yeah, so it's card crafting. So it's the first game I've ever played that's card crafting. So the cards are in sleeves. You put these transparent overlays over them to buff them. And so I was thinking, well, what if you reverse that? So you've got cards that have three powers on them. Um, but they start where you have these overlays that only give you one of the three powers. Okay. So you can only see one of the three powers and then there'll be other overlays. So there'll be th- three overlays that each show you one, there'll be two overlays where you can see two, and then you just take the overlay off if you get to the point where you have all three powers. Um, cause what I didn't like about custom heroes was, you buff this card and improve it by putting this transparent overlay on it, but then when you play it, it goes back in the deck and you lose it. So, okay. So I want these to sort of be cards I control and improve over time. And um, so in, have you played Sid Meier's Civ, A New Dawn? The, the It's it's their third, it's like sort of the third board game. No, uh, I haven't. With Sid Meier's in it. So unlike other Civ games, it's a race game. Okay. So, rather than like trying to you you're basically trying to be the first to complete three of six objectives and they're they're random from game to game and they have a very streamlined tech tree. The game can play in an hour or two. Um so it's definitely not um sort of this epic game. Yeah. Um and the technologies have these cool abilities, but some of the it's interesting because some of the uh, technology's abilities you might lose when you upgrade. So like there's this one level maybe it's mathematics where right? I hate to go to the next level because you lose this power, and so it's this interesting trade-off. But it gets hard to figure out because you've got all the, these 20 cards for the tech. So I thought well if you have you know basically you'd have f- say five cards with these three powers. So it's clear oh okay do I want to which of these powers do I want to switch to at this point in the game or which pair. And so then I was thinking about if you if going back to permeable and liquids and everything, I had this vision of geysers going off at different times and kind of powering this steampunk Rube Goldberg contraption. Yeah. So, uh, you know, if, you get, if you've got geysers and hot water, you got to have steampunk. So, um, and the whole thing is powering some post-apocalyptic city-state, like uh, the movie City of Ember. So you've got some underground city. You've got to feed your people, so you have powers around that. You've got to irradiate materials from the surface. Uh, you've got to purify water. So, um, uh, and so you wouldn't have a lot of cards, but you'd have these. And one of them would probably be the thing that lets you kind of change that permeable layer where you're where you're toggling your power.
0: So I I haven't played um, the only game with the clear overlays I played. Well, I played Mystic Vale. Um, But did you ever see the game years ago called Redakai? No, R E D A K A I. It was like a almost like a Pokemon style like kids like toy game that you get at like the toy store. But it was uh, these cool overlay cards. It was the first time I'd seen that, and I forget what. I feel like the people that made it went on to make another like CCG game that was was pretty popular but I can't remember what it was called. Um but I was like amazed by it and there's really been like four games that use them that have come out in the past like I don't know 5 years. So I'm really surprised. I mean I know they're costly, but I'm really surprised people don't use that more. Yeah, well I
1: even like I was picturing like how would you make this game? You're going to have to like have like cutouts from cards is a card sturdy enough do you have to do cardboard so i can see where you don't, you don't want to have a lot of 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 the of the thing that's the overlay yeah because, exactly uh, yeah, yeah
0: i so. did a, um i mocked one up for a prototype and it made it for a little while into the game and then we scrapped it but what i did was like i got those really thick uh you know there's like thick baseball card holders that like protect it like yep. for yep. life I got those and just put. I just made stickers and put them on top, and then I just laid that on top of the card, and it worked. It was cool.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, I, I've seen a lot of the card crafting. That was just the first one that I've. They were playing, and I and I and I started. Uh, it was a pretty simple game. It was kind of just a shedding ladder game, but um, it's definitely a neat idea in, in terms of ways of building out a, a deck. So um, I just thought we'd reverse it, given that we're trying to be permeable yeah exactly <laughs>
0: you're putting holes um so you mentioned a, a civ game and i saw that one of your old games or not old games but i guess how how civscape 2013
1: so yeah it's been a print and play since 2013 i just put it on game crafter and that is when i said it's seven wonders meets flux yeah so and it turns out people really don't it's been interesting, so I sent it out to have reviewers, and people really didn't like this juxtaposition of those two things. <laughs> oh, that's <laughs> it's really funny. Civ, it's a Civ game. It should be strategic and thoughtful, and it really is. I have a lot of friends who love Take That Games, and it's a Take That it's a Take That Game with a Civ theme. And um, So for some people, they just couldn't get over that juxtaposition. It was, it was just too random.
0: Oh, man. Uh, so it
1: was too the, random for them. So.
0: Uh, I know that Take That is one of those things where people just – it's. It can be hate it can be absolutely hated um you know it can be if somebody said something take that the first instinct is like oh no like the, that's what you said um and it's one of those terms that like i just i i wish we had a better term of like highly competitive or something along those lines well it is it is, it is a tough concept because you are i mean it is you know take
1: that and but yet you look at a game like Uno with, you know, the draw two. The yeah, draw I mean, that's four. the
0: exact comparison. If someone says, oh, your game's, you know, uh, whatever, take that game. It's like, oh, draw four. That's It's not draw four. <laughs> right. You know. Uh, but the other thing that I saw that was really interesting about it is I love the, um, it's got the player count and then the, t- the time on it. And it's two to five players, eight to 40 minutes. Which is the widest range and a most specific range I've seen in a long time. So I've played it over
1: 250 times because oh it's a short God. card game. So I was so that was like actually like based sort of on like you know <laughs> yeah. data
0: experience. Yeah. <laughs> I assume and that it's shorter with less players.
1: It is shorter with less players. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and you can actually play it, and we have with I mean it's it had there's ten cities in the box, so you can play it with ten people. I really wouldn't recommend that. But we did a couple times to see how broken it was.
0: (laughs) That's a big thing I've been doing lately is uh, fine-tuning my player count, whether I'm designing or publishing. And it's just like, if, if the game is optimal with only two, I'm like, all right, well, let's just leave it at two. And if it's optimal with only four... It's like, oh, that's tough. But let's just leave it at four. <laughs> so uh, I've been trying to fine tune and looking at on the publishing side, one player only, two player only, and two to four player only, uh, and just really trying to like fine tune those because player counts can get out of control. Like you can say, oh, it plays to eight, but it's terrible at six through eight. But some and people throw fun- that on the box just because it can. <laughs>
1: Yeah, well, I, I really admire admire you for doing that. It's funny because I was just arguing with Hyperbole Games, Grant Rodiak on oh, Twitter. Yeah. He's really active on Twitter, really engaging. And he has a game, um, I think it's called Dungeon Time Fun. It's in a playtest prototype uh, stage. And he's like, it's only for four people. And I'm like, really? <laughs> and he's like, it's only for four people. And, I, and the problem is it's hard... You know our game nights are pretty variable, um, so it's hard to know how many players you're going to get. Yeah. So saying it's only for four, make, make it's like it's just like, just hard to get to the table. But if you but have it's fun-
0: four, it's like oh my god, I know what we're playing. <laughs> right, and it is funny because even though
1: there are games that have the wide range. You know that you're not going to play it like that. Like, I forgot that Seven Wonders actually says two people can play it. Yeah. And I have played it with two players. I would never do that. (laughs)
0: It's
1: not a good two-player game. But there are certain – I mean, there are certain games where we're like – Age of Empires 3 is a great game that I only will play with five or six people. You you know, so – So. so the community, and even the fact that BoardGameGeek lets you vote on what's the ideal player count, yep. you know, for these games, and I'll I'll look at that for a new game. So
0: they voted just... three on Civscape.
1: Oh, did they? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs>
0: that makes sense. I can see that. Yeah, I um, I we have a bunch of games that are two to three players. And I'm just like, let's just eliminate three, you know, because it's such like, that's the hardest one to get out of, out of two and three. It's hard to get three people together because if you have a large group, it's usually more than three. If you're a married couple and have people over, it's usually more than one person. So a lot of times with that, I'm just like, let's just make it two and and not even worry about that three and let people discover that on their own. Yeah. I mean, if you, it depends on
1: how stable your game group is and, um, Uh, if they're willing to break
0: into groups and things like that yeah
1: yeah we i i run a game group that's through a local comic book store dark side comics down here in sarasota and so it's open and so you know one night we might have four people and tuesday this tuesday night we had 10 and so you know it's just tough to plan which um so then we kind of like have it it's it's it's, it's a it's a meta game <laughs> this game <laughs> yeah. plays four can we get four people interested in it no okay <laughs> <laughs>
0: moving on
1: yep that's awesome
0: cool well this was fun and uh, i want to let everyone know how they can get, get you let everyone know how they can get in touch with you and we will chat again
1: yeah so i just created a new twitter account just for board game stuff so it's j Allen henning j-a-l-a-n henning um because I don't know real, that one, so
0: I'm going to my real
1: it. Twitter is Jay Henning which is more mainly market research stuff which is the day job so um, the market researchers don't want to read about board games and the board gamers don't <laughs> want to read about market research so I decided to do, Jay Allen Henning is a separate one which is also the name on uh, City Blocks the, the, the game that Nestor Games published by me
0: that is one of the funny things about board gaming is like you'll, you'll see a lot of like board gamers or designers or whatever tweet and they'll be like uh, sorry, this isn't about board games, but and then tweet it, and I'm like, yep. we should be able to blend that better."
1: Yeah, but it's like on Twitter, I want to read. Like, I have a I have a politics Twitter, I have a sports Twitter, I oh, have a nice. board game Twitter. So I have the different lists, and if I'm in the mood, and it's really weird when they sort of mix. And there are people who do that. Um, certainly, since 2016, politics is in every thread.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's true.
1: But uh, but I do. But usually, if I'm in the mindset of I just want to think about this That's good, yeah. yeah.
0: All right, cool. Well, we will chat again.
1: Great. Thanks.
0: Yeah, thank you.